We celebrate you. Welcome to Lofty Heights Christian Center, a ministry that exists to raise kingdom influencers. As a church, we emphasize three things. The Word, the integrity of it and its ability to transform, the Holy Spirit, His power and demonstration of the same, and love. Love for God, for yourself, and for others. You are about to experience God's undiluted Word from God's servant. Get ready for a transformation. John 10 verse 1 to 5. And I read, Most assuredly, I say to you, I'll read everything so um, because I can't really hear feedback from everyone. So most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hears his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Another translation says, and the sheep follow him for they recognize his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him for they do not know the voice of a stranger right hallelujah this heavenly father thank you for your word as we share your word today as we listen to your word speak again holy spirit over to you holy spirit in jesus name amen i know you must have been seated um again sorry this is our first time doing this so please bear with us and obviously we'll get better as time goes on so today um as we've, we know, um, Pastor has been taking us through the series of the shepherd and his sheep. And we started off with why does God lead? Why God leads us? Why God leads his shepherds, his, his sheep rather, and why you should desire to be led by God, right? So why does God lead? Like in the first part of the series, Pastor took us on why God leads us and why we should desire to be led by God. In Psalm verse 23, verse 1, we read, obviously, from the Amplified Classic Version. It says, the Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield me. So primarily, the voice of the shepherd, primarily the shepherd, what he does for us as believers, his sheep, is to feed us, is to guide us, is to shield us. Now he's feeding us, he's feeding us with the word. He's feeding us also with food itself. He's guiding us, he's guiding us through scriptures. He's guiding us through life. And he's shielding us, shielding us from harm, shielding us from the pack of wolves, shielding us from every harm. Right, so those are, those are the three main things that the shepherd does for every believer. And it says, the Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield me. I shall not want. So he says, and from that teaching, we got to understand that God desires to lead us. God desires to lead us. If you go down reading in that same scripture, it tells you that when I walk in valor of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for God is with me. So God desires to be with us even in this dark world. Because in like in your if you're in a dark room, you can't see. But because you have the shepherd with you, you're able to know where to go to because he is guiding you. Right? So he's guiding you. So from that teaching, we've got to understand that God desires to lead us and not leave us in the dark concerning any situation. <coughs> concerning any situation at, at, at all. Then pastor um, started talking, taking us through the different ways God speaks to us, the different ways God leads us, the different way God shepherds us. And we started off with the surest of them all, which is the word of God, which is the word of God. 
God leading us, which is what of God leading us to that last Sunday where we um where we were taught about dreams and visions, right? So first we um, learned about the Word of God, and then we also now we're taken to dreams and visions, and also last Wednesday, um, Mr. Peace also um, took us through the journey of different characters of the Bible that were led by God. And what an amazing teaching, like teachings have been from the part one, the part two, and the recharge sem- um, service last Wednesday. Amazing teaching. And if you were not there in service, it's one that you have to go back to and listen to every sermon from the part one, the part two, and the recharge service. It will bless your life for sure. As a believer, it is important. This series is, is one of the most important sermons, most, most important teachings that you should listen to, that you should grasp, that you should take in, you should have rooted in your spirit. Dare I say that if you miss this teaching and never go back to it, I can tell you that you probably missed 70% of your life or 50% of your life. Because one thing is to be born again, another thing is to be led by God. In your journey, in your journey, in your Christian walk, you have to be led by God. Right? So now we've heard about this, the shepherd and his sheep. So now Today, I'm going to be taking us as God laid upon my heart. Um, I, I remember when I think I was working on something, and then I just got a message from Pastor. <laughs> you know, in WPT, we don't, we don't, they don't reach out to you and say, oh, are you, um, are you able to take sermon this day or that? No, is you are taking, and your response is yes, sir. You have to be prepared for it, so you always have to be ready, right? Thank you so much again, uh, very much, sir, for the opportunity. So as Pastor dropped that message, my heart my heart just started beating i said god it felt like everything i knew about the word vanished from my head so i didn't even know what i was going to teach i didn't even know what i was going to share again but then one thing that just dropped in my spirit was the voice the voice of the shepherd the voice of the shepherd i said okay um okay okay is this okay is this god like is this what you will have me share i'll say okay i'll just take time to really like confirm again and see this is what god will have me do Actually, I was actually studying the word at that time. And when I was now reading the, the subsequent chapters I was reading, the next thing I saw was talking about God's voice. I said, okay, you have it. I will share on your voice because that's what you have me share with God's people today. And so today's um, teaching, I'll be, I'll be sharing on recognizing God's voice. Recogni- recognizing God's voice. This is a very, very important teaching for every believer, especially in, the kind of, in, especially in this world that we live in today. So God speaks, so now we know God speaks to every believer through his spirit to our spirit, as we've learned, we've heard several times, several times, several times through God's servant. God speaks to every believer through his spirit to our spirit. And we can see that also, we can see that from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 to 10. It says, but, but, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. For God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of that man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So it is through God's spirit to our spirit that we know the things that are freely given to us. 
it is through God's spirit to our spirit that we're able to communicate with the Father. We're able to communicate with Jesus. We're able to, we're, we're in that direct contact with the Father. All right, so God, obviously, now we know God speaks to us through his spirit, to our spirit, and in different ways. And different ways, and these speakings, like I said, in different ways, these speakings can be communicated through the word of God, through dreams and visions, like we, we've, we've learned earlier, and the still small voice, the still small voice, which I'm sure pastor is also going to take very shortly, the still small voice, and also even his audible voice. And the list goes on, reading from scriptures, the list goes on, him speaking through like a whirlwind, him speaking through an animal. God speaks in numerous ways. God speaks in numerous ways, and we know this. So and one thing that I've learned in my walk with God, and I'm still learning, is trying as much as possible not to box God, right? Trying as much as possible not to box God because, I mean, if you're growing in your ability or if you're growing or strengthening your spirit man, you're, you're, you're sharpening your, your sensory organs, your spiritual sense organs to, to pick signals from the spirit, to pick promptings from the spirit, it's very easy for you to fall into the trap of, oh, God spoke to me in a dream, so tomorrow I'm going to pray, Lord, speak to me again in this dream. Oh, Lord, tell me something about today in this dream. Oh, God, this dream, this dream, this dream. But God cannot be boxed. God is dynamic in his working. He can't be boxed. He's not fixed. Yes, he's constant. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But his ways are not our ways. Right? His ways are not our ways. His ways are higher than our ways. And I'm talking about the ways of men. Right? Hallelujah. So these speakings can be communicated, obviously, through the word of God, dreams and visions. There's still small voice. His audible voice. And the list goes on. All this are tested. They've been tested and they've been tried. They've been verified. If you're reading through scriptures, if you're reading from the Bible, you can read them that they've been tested, they've been verified. I can tell you that there are different ways, like I said, different ways God speaks. Different ways that God speaks. Like, I am a witness of different ways that God has spoken. Right? Different ways that God has spoken to me. And, and it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. Um, of recent, this was like last year, I needed to have an understanding of something. I was asking God, God a question. And I needed an answer. Sorry. It was well, like, like, should, should I, say I say it was an emergency, emergency. Right? right? I basically needed an, an, like, an, like, an answer promptly from God, right? And that day, I remember I was just praying, praying to God, praying. I was, that day, I was in the fullness of the Spirit. And I asked God the question. And I've never experienced it before. I've never heard it. Someone else experienced it before. It may have happened, but I don't know. Right? But then the Lord spoke through my mouth. Like, like he, he uttered through my mouth the answer to my question. It was amazing. It was, it was a moment that I would never in my life forget. Right? So God can speak through any way. And you have to be sensitive to pick the signals from, from, from the different ways he can speak to you. Right? So all these, they have been tested. They have been verified. These are verified mediums through which God speaks to his people. As seen in the Bible and even in present times. As Christians, it is important to know that God's voice, it's important to know God's voice and how he speaks. It's important to know God's voice. It's important to know God's voice and how he speaks. Because then you're able to recognize his voice in the midst of chaos. You're able to recognize his voice wherever you are. It's important to recognize God's voice and how he speaks. But also, 
it is also important to know the voice of strangers. Inasmuch as you know the voice of God, inasmuch as you have an understanding of how God speaks, and you know his voice, you recognize his voice, it is also important to know the voice of strangers. Because the Bible speaking, it says the voice of strangers, they will not follow. Why wouldn't they follow the voice of strangers? Because they're able to discern, they're able to recognize and, dis and distinguish between the, like, between the voice of the Lord and the voice of strangers. Here it says from the, um, John chapter 10, the typical translation, it says, but the true shepherd walks right, right up to the gate. And because the gatekeeper knows who he is, he opens the gate to let him in and the sheep recognize the voice of the true shepherd. For he calls his own by name and leads them out for they belong to him. And when he has brought out all his sheep, he walks ahead of them and they will follow him. For they are very, for, for they are familiar with his voice, but they will run away from strangers and never follow them because they know it's the voice of the stranger. They know. So in as much as it's important to know the voice of the Lord, it's also important to know the voice of strangers. It's also important to know the voice of the strangers. How do strangers sound like? Right? How do strangers sound like? If you don't know how strangers speak, you can easily fall for the deception of the word, the deception of the devil. Right? So it's very, very, very important in the midst of chaos. You're knowing that, oh, this is the voice of the strangers. The Bible, as you read right now in the, in the Passion Translation, it says, but they will run away from the strangers. They will run away from strangers and never follow them because they know it's the voice of a stranger. They know it's the voice of the stranger. So recognizing the voice of the Lord as a New Testament believer, it's something that cannot be overemphasized. It's something that cannot, that ministers of the gospel can't stop preaching. It's something that as a believer, you can't stop researching. You can't stop digging. You can't stop investing your time into building your spirit, man, where you're able to understand, you're able to recognize, you're able to, 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 to discern the promptings and, and, and follow the promptings of the spirit of the Lord. Follow the promptings of the voice of the Lord. So you just have to know it. You just have to recognize it. You just have to, you just have to know how to distinguish all of them. You have to. Right? Because you can never recognize the voice of the Lord. And this is one thing that we know, like, we can never, you can never be able to recognize the voice of the Lord without an investment in the word. We say these things most of the time, and pastor says these things every single time, invest in the word. And many people may have taken this in as a cliche. But it's not a cliche. It's not just another term. It's not just, oh, another lingo that we use in, in the gospel investment in the word is your surest asset is your surest tool to knowing the voice of the lord like we've we've heard from our man of god that god's word is god's voice to man so that's why pastor says that no believer can ever say that they are bankrupt of god's voice that they've never heard god's voice before because as long as you've heard the word of god you've heard god's voice because the bible speaking in psalm 29 verse 3 it says the voice of the lord is upon many waters the voice of the Lord is upon many waters. Now, how do I know that waters there is referring to the word of God? If you read Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16 or so, it says that be washing by the washing of the word, be washing by the washing of water, by the word. By the word. So the, so the word washes, right? So the voice of the Lord is upon many waters. He leads us beside still waters. 
the still small voice. He leads us beside still, still waters. The still small voice. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So you just have to know it. You have to recognize it. You have to invest in the word to know it. The Bible is speaking in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. It says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my saints. Give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my saints. Incline your ears to my saints. It is through the word of God that you can accurately recognize God's voice. It is through his word that you can accurately recognize his voice. In Psalm 29, verse 1, we say, the, in Psalm 29, um, verse 3, it says, The voice of the Lord is upon many waters. The, glory, the God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. That is why you can be studying the word and you hear God's voice. Most times as you're reading scriptures and you're meditating on a particular scripture, you're just reading it line and line again. You just keep, um, 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 you just hear God's voice. Why I'm laughing is because when pastor, when I was reading my Bible, um, pastor sent me that message that I was going to take sermon. I read a particular line up to 20 times and I was not understanding what I was reading because it came as a shock. I was like, Okay, how do I start? I kept reading the same line. I didn't even know what I was reading. Hallelujah. Right? That's what, that's what happens to you when they ask you to, to preach. They can call you anytime to preach tomorrow. You have to be ready. You have to stay ready. You have to stay ready. Because out of you shall flow rivers of living water. It's what is inside you that will flow. If you have nothing inside of you, it can't flow. Right? So, the still small voice, dreams and visions will lead you. These things all these methods God uses to lead God's people, yes, they will lead you. Yes, they will lead you. Yes, they will guide you. But waiting on just those things cannot help you grow in your ability to recognize God's voice in life. It can't help you grow. It can't, it can't help you develop that, 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 that sensitive nature of recognizing the voice of the Lord. All right, so if you're, not, if, you're not, if you're not a student of the word, you can't. You, can, you don't have the ability to. Right, so it is through the word that it is through the word of God that you are proper that you, you are, that you're able to properly discern the still small voice. Actually, it is through the word of God that you are still able to interpret the dreams and visions. It is through the word of the Lord. There's so many times that some that people have come to tell me, oh, they had this dream or they had that dream or all that. I never think I never I can never think that I'm able to interpret dreams, right? But when they say these dreams to me. In my spirit, scriptures that are aligned with those dreams come up in my spirit. And I'm able to then interpret it through the word. Because the word is, is your discerner. And that's one major way you're able to discern and recognize God's voice. So build a solid relationship and get acquainted with God's word. So you know what his, so you know what his voice sounds like. So you know how he speaks. Like in Proverbs 3, verse 3 to 6. It says, let no mercy and, and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them, on the uh, write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of, the, of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he shall direct your paths. Now, you're saying how is the word God's voice? And how can I hear God's voice? Or how will I be able to hear this? Now, take for instance... Somebody that you've not, you've not really seen, but you know about the person, you've heard about this person, and you're in a distant country, you're in a distant place, and this person keeps sending letters to you, but you don't have access to the phone calls. This person keeps sending letters to you, 
and they keep using particular phrases. They keep using particular words that are just special to them, are just, that are just distinct to them. They keep using these words. And now imagine you're lost in a crowd and the person says, oh, come meet me in this area. And then you're lost in a crowd, but you've never seen this person before. But because you always read the letters, you've always read the messages. And imagine this person right now just says a phrase out in the open. At that moment, because it's a phrase that you're used to, right? At that point in time, you're able to match the voice and the words. You're able to match the words and the voice, like you're able to match the words of that person speaking that phrase and the voice. So the voice and the phrase at that point, it becomes one. It becomes one. Hallelujah. So now as a believer, more than your ability to hear God, and this is something that's very, very important because many people will say, oh, I'm, I'm, like I'm trusting to hear God and all that. Yeah, that is good. It's good to improve your skills. It's good to sharpen your skills in hearing God's voice. It's good to know all this, right? But more than your ability to hear God, your trust and your confidence should rest on God's ability to communicate with you. It should rest on your, your trust, your whole trust, your faith should rest on God's ability to speak to you, God's ability to communicate with you and not you listening. Right? So yes, you ought to sharpen your sensitivities. You ought to sharpen the sensitivity of your spirit and your spiritual senses. But much more, trust in the master communicator's ability to speak to you. God is the master communicator. He knows how to speak to you that you would hear. Especially if, it's, if these are pressing decisions or pressing areas of your life that you need to know. Right? So trust in God's ability to, to, to speak to you much more than your ability to hear God. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding of how to hear God. By strength shall no man prevail. Hallelujah. So much more, trust the master communicator's ability to speak to you. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter um, um, 3, verse 5 to 6, as you just read, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Right, he shall direct your path. He shall direct your path. Right, so the voice of the Lord is every believer's most accurate, surest, and most reliable compass in fulfilling destiny in Christ. It is your most accurate. The voice of the Lord is your most accurate, is your surest, and your most reliable compass in fulfilling destiny in Christ. Because outside Christ, you can't be led by the Spirit of God, you can't be led by the voice of the Lord. So it is your surest way, most accurate, and most reliable compass in fulfilling destiny in Christ. The Bible is speaking in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. It says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, which is the word of God, which is God's voice to man, a more sure word of prophecy. So which, is, which takes us back to the fact that it is the most accurate. It is the surest. It is 100% foolproof. It is 100% foolproof. Prophecies will fail. Things will fail. But the word of the Lord can never fail. God honors his word above his, above his name. Can you imagine that as powerful as the name of the Lord is, he honors his word above his name? Isn't that mind-blowing? Isn't that mind-blowing? Mind so it is 100% foolproof. It has been tried. It has been tested. It has gone through the fire. It can never fail. And what we know, you know, I was walking, um, so there's, there's this thing I do 
every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I take midnight walks from like 11.30 or sometimes 12, 12 a.m. in the morning. I take walk in the night. Why I'm doing this? Because I'm trying as much as possible to also build further or so, to also strength, strengthen my intimacy with the Holy Spirit where we're just speaking, right? So I'm just going out there and I'm just saying whatever I want to say to the Holy Spirit and I'm trusting him to speak to me, right? I'm trusting him to speak to me. So when I was praying for this sermon, more than more than 70% of everything I'm, I'm writing here was given to me by him because I was just walking, I was asking him questions and he was just speaking to me. He was just speaking to me, right? And when I was walking, I imme like immediately, he, rem he reminded me of something that pastor had, had taught last year, making us understand we're, we're, we're taking on training the human spirit. And he made us understand that the spirit of the Lord is God's GPS to man, which means God's positioning system. And it made me understand that God's voice also, which is the spirit of God, because the spirit of the Lord is the voice of the Godhead, is God's positioning system. Is God's positioning system for man. It positions you per time per journey, per situation, positions you in every situation. When you're in a boisterous situation and all that you're, you're about falling, God's voice can lift you up and position you where you ought to stand. So just like you're going on a journey that you've never been on before, you need that GPS to direct you. So if you're going from, let me say you're going from Regina to Calgary, right? If you've not gone on that journey before, you need the GPS system to take you there right? You need the GPS system to take you there. So I'm going to ask this question right now. Has anybody here in this room watching online, has anybody ever been in this world before? You've gone through this world. You've died. You've resurrected. Now you're doing life again. If you have, then you probably don't need God's GPS system because you've gone through the journey of life and you know exactly how it will happen. But no one has. So why then are you trying to go on a journey that you have not gone before without the voice of the Lord? Why then are you trying to go on a, on a journey of life without giving attention to God's voice, to God's leading, to God's spirit? No, you would crash. You'll be stagnated. You will stumble. You would fall, right? You would fall, right? So you need the GPS, God's positioning system, God's voice to direct you. You need a GPS to direct you. It is God's positioning system to direct you on the right path to take to the journey of life. You know, as I was reading, as I was typing this out when I was walking, initially I had written, I had written because, you know, as you're writing, your mind is also trying to speak and interpret what God is saying to as well. And I was writing and then I said, oh, it is God's positioning system to direct you on your path, on the right path to take in your journey, in your journey to eternity. And I said, in your journey to eternity, right there and then the Holy Spirit told me, you are already living in eternity. I was like, I paused. Like, what do you mean that I'm already living in eternity? Because the Bible says that we've been translated from death to life. How God has raised us up with Christ. He has raised us up with Christ and now we are seated in Christ in heavenly places. Physically, we are here, but spiritually, we are seated in heaven. And he started speaking to me that you are in eternity. Eternity, you have eternal life in you. Endless supply of life. Endless supply of life. Eternity, in theological, in theological terms, means endless life after death. But we have crossed from death to life. So we are already living in eternity. I was, 
I was so pumped in my spirit. I have an endless supply of life. I have an endless supply of his presence. I have an endless supply of his word. I have an endless supply of provision. I have an endless life, endless supply of God's life flowing through me. I live in eternity. I cannot be killed. I cannot be molested. I cannot be destroyed. Why? Because I live in eternity. I've already been translated there. If I leave this world, I'm only just been transitioning to the physical place. And that was just, that was just mind-blowing revelation for me at that point. You have been passed from death to life. You have been passed from death to life. Now, one caution also, understanding that in as much as you may have gone through different routes, or you know a particular route, so let me say from, let me say you're trying to go to Pilot Butte, for instance, and you know the route to go to Pilot Butte, so you don't need your GPS system. That is not the way with God. At all times, you need your GPS system because there will come a day where you're trying to go from, from Regina to Pilot Butte, and there is a block, there's a, there's a blockage on the road, but you don't know that because you don't have a GPS to tell you that there's a block on the road, but it's a route that you're familiar with. So even if you've done something before, you always should discern. You always should give attention to God's voice. Always give attention to God's voice. It is new every single time. Always. Don't get too familiar with the voice. Don't get too acquainted. Don't get too familiar. That, oh, it's, it's the same route I would take. No. No. Now, one thing every believer must know in recognizing and discerning God's voice or um, discerning the voice of the Lord is that there are four voices that speaks to man. There are four voices that speaks to man. Four main voices that speaks to man. And one is the voice of the Lord. Two is the voice of the devil. The Bible, we, we, we read in Matthew chapter 4, how the devil tried, came to tempt Jesus and telling him when he was speaking the Bible to him. And we also read in Matthew chapter 16, verse 23, when Peter told Jesus he wasn't going to die. And then Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. That was, the, that was the devil's voice, even through an individual. Through an individual. So we also know that there is the voice of the flesh. The voice of the flesh. Now, this talks about feelings, emotions, your personality. So most of the times, it's flesh that speaks to you. And then finally, the voice of the secular. This is culture, tradition, science. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, the Bible says we should not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So conformity to the, to, to the world will always cause you to recognize only the voice of the secular culture, tradition. You'll be ruled by these things. You'll be directed by these things. In Mark, in Mark chapter 7, verse 8, it says, For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men. It says you lay aside the commandment of God and hold the tradition of men. We are no longer ruled by tradition. We're no longer ruled by by, by archaic laws or culture, we are ruled by God's voice, his word. So these are the four main identified voices that speaks to every man. So the four main identified voices that speaks to every man. And until you understand how all this operates, until you understand how all this operates and on what ground they operate, you may never be able to fully distinguish the voice of the Lord. Because in a world like this, you, you have intrusive thoughts. There is nobody that doesn't hear the voice of strangers. Who we hear, the Bible says we read today, the Bible says they will run away from strangers and never follow them because they know it's the voice of the strangers. So they would hear the voice of strangers, but they would not follow. 
But if you don't know the voice of the stranger, it is possible for you to follow. It is possible for you to follow. Right? So the Lord, and this is one thing also that I just want to share that the Lord said to me of recent. He said that you can never properly discern the voice of the Lord if you don't know his nature. If you don't know God's nature, you can never properly actually understand his voice or discern his voice. You know, when you understand the nature and the personality of a person, it is easier for you to know what they can and cannot say. So take, for instance, right now, somebody just comes and tells you, ah, pastor, you just use the F word. Your first response would be, are you, are you okay? Like, what are you saying? It's not even possible. Why? Because you're acquainted with the nature of pastor, having the nature of Christ in him. You know his nature. You understand his personality. So understanding a person's nature would also help you in discerning his voice, in recognizing his voice. So understanding God's nature, understanding his, his personality, his character, will help you in your discerning of God's voice. So that's why we should always, we should always, so your knowledge of God's nature will further help you to amplify the recognition of his voice amongst other voices. Now I'm going to be sharing on two things. First of all, I'll be sharing on what the voice of the Lord is and what it does. And I also share on what the voice of strangers, having heard what strangers are, or who strangers are, the devil, the feelings, and the circular, the flesh and the secular. So now we're talking on what the voice of the Lord is and what it does. What the voice of the Lord is and what it does. And this is very profound. Number one, the voice of the Lord aligns with his, the voice of the Lord aligns with his word. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither son of man that he should repent. Has he said it? And has he not done it? Has he spoken? Will he not, will he not make it good? His voice aligns with his word. God's voice, number one, aligns with his word. God will never speak away from his word. He will never speak contrary to his word. He will never speak in contradiction to his word. Right? He will never speak contrary to his word. Number two, God, the voice of the Lord, it guides. The voice of the Lord guides. It is instructive. It is instructive. I will instruct you in the way you should go. The voice of the Lord guides. It is instructive. In Psalm chapter 119, verse 105, the Bible says, Yo, it says, the word is a, is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. It is guiding you in that path. It is shining on the light on that path. So it's guiding you. In Psalm chapter 32, verse 8, it said, I would instruct you and I would teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eyes. I will instruct you and teach you. So the voice of the Lord guides. It guides you. It guides you. Right? It is instructive. Number three, the voice of the Lord corrects and convicts. It corrects and convicts you, leading you to repentance. It corrects and convicts you, leading you to repentance. John chapter 16, verse 8, it says, And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So God's voice corrects you. It doesn't insult you. It corrects you. And correction in love. Right? It corrects you and convicts you. Not condemning you. Leading you to repentance, which is the ultimate thing. So you're sitting down, somebody who has not given life to Christ, and you're sitting down and... They're, called, they're doing the altar call and they say, oh, if you're not giving your life to Christ, rise up and all of that. And the voice is telling you, go forward. That's the voice of the Lord. Convicting you is showing you where you are is not where you ought to be. 
Number four, the voice of the Lord is filled with love. The voice of the Lord is filled. I can tell you that I have not heard any voice as sweet as the voice of the Lord. I've not heard any voice as calm, as majestic as the voice of the Lord. It is such a privilege to hear God's voice. It is such a privilege. I remember last year in a vision of the night, the Lord came to me and he spoke. It was so majestic. I'm like, what? I had tears in my eyes, even in the, even, even in the vision. It's like, ah, is this how your voice is? God's, God, I don't know what I would have been doing if I wasn't a Christian. This, this, this life with God, it is mind-blowing. Sometimes I read the word and I'm just like, this God child, you're too sweet. He's like, people are missing not being in the faith. People are missing not being in the faith. It is sweet. It is sweet. The voice of love is filled with love. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 7 to 8, it says, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So if he's love, everything he speaks is love. The voice of the Lord is light. Hallelujah. The voice of the Lord is light. The Bible speaking in 1 John chapter, in 1 John chapter 1 verse 5, it says, this is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. In Psalm chapter 119, verse 130, it says that the entrance of your, of your word, it gives light. So when God's voice comes, it comes as light. It exposes. It opens your eyes. Because light has come. And when light has come, darkness flees. So God's voice, every time you hear God's voice, it comes with light. It comes as light. Hallelujah. And I hope we're getting blessed tonight. Again, the voice of the Lord is the, this, when he, when he told me, I was like, ha, I started speaking in tongues on the road. The voice of the Lord is the voice of possibility. It's the voice of possibility. There is no, it can't happen. There is no, it's not possible. You know, the Bible speaking in Mark chapter 9 verse 23, and I, I've always known this scripture, but I've never read it in this translation. This is, a, I think this is a message translation. Mark 9 23. It says, Jesus said, if so this is after the person came and was asking, oh, if you're able to heal my son, if you're willing and able to heal my son or something, right? And Jesus said, in the message translation, Jesus said, Mark 9, 23, Jesus said, if there are no ifs among believers, there are no if, it's not if this happens, it will happen. When this happens, because we live in possibilities, the voice of the Lord is the voice of possibilities. It speaks things to happen, it speaks possibilities. You've been buried for 10 years. The voice of the Lord says you will carry a child. It is possible. He is saying that because it's possible. It would happen. So when, you're, so when you're without child physically, you keep telling them, oh, when I have a child, I will do this. Not if I have a child. When I have a child. Why? Because the voice of the Lord has said it is possible. None shall be barren amongst you. Hallelujah. Anything can happen. The voice of the Lord is consistent. The voice of the Lord is consistent. God is not a man that you should lie. He's not a man that you should repent. So he will not change what he has said before. He will not repent of what he has said. Has he said it? And has he not done it? Has he said it? And will he not make it good? The voice of the Lord ministers peace. He ministers peace. Not minister peace or more giver. Though, yes, the Lord also ministers her life to people. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The voice of the Lord ministers peace. 
The Bible speaking in Genesis chapter 41, verse 16, when Joseph was interpreting the dreams to Pharaoh. It says, Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, Genesis 41, 16. He said, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. So most of the time you're in a troubled situation. You don't know what, what, what God is saying. You don't know what's happening. But then you pray. And when you pray, you, you hear something in your spirit. And at that moment, at your core, there's, an, there's that element of peace. Why? Because God's voice, it ministers peace. The voice of the Lord breaks doubt. The voice of the Lord, it breaks, it breaks doubt. If we read in Psalm chapter 29, if we read in Psalm chapter 29 from verse, three, from verse 4, the voice of the Lord, it breaks doubt. So when you're doubting something, God's voice comes even through his word. And he says the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. Verse 5, it says the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The voice of the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. It breaks doubt. It breaks every form of doubt. It breaks every form of doubt. The voice of the Lord affirms you and your identity. The voice of the Lord affirms you and your identity. When we read in John chapter 10, from verse 3, John chapter 10, verse 3, it says, Lord, I affirms you and your identity. Right? John 10, verse 3, it says, To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hears his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and lead them out. Now, as I wrote this down, the Holy Spirit ministered to me that he is the only one that gives you a name. In Matthew chapter 16, from verse 18, it is a particular translation. That after God, after Jesus was asking them, who do men say I am? Who do you say I am? And then Peter answered and says that you are the son of God. You are Jesus, the anointed one and all that. And then God says that you are Peter. And upon this rock, I'll be my church. And there's translation, a translation that I read. I don't know if it's TPT or message. It says that after Peter said this, then God now said, then God now called him or God now gave him an identity that you are Peter. And the Lord made me understand that is in your revelation of Christ that you find your identity, your revelation of Christ, the revelation of, of who he is through his voice, that you know your identity, that you know your name. So the devil cannot call you Barry because that's, your, that's not your name. The devil cannot call you Philip because that's not your name. He calls you by name. Only he himself can call you a name. And the names he has called you are written in the scriptures. They are written in the Bible. So if you want to know what God calls you, go to the scripture. You are a city set upon the hill that cannot be hidden. You are light of the world. You are a light. So no matter what anybody says about you, somebody comes and tells you, oh, you're, you're a stupid person. You tell them, that's not my name. That's not my name. Somebody comes and tells you, oh, you don't have sense. That's not my name. Somebody tells you, oh, you're foolish. That's not my name. That's not my name. I'm a city set upon the hill. My name is light. My name is light. Jesus has named me. I am wonderful. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. The Lord has named me. And obviously, in literal terms, it was the Lord that actually named me through my brother in a vision. He told my brother in a vision the name I should be called, Samuel. So the Lord names us. The Lord names us. He's the one that gives us the names. No devil can name you. No devil can call you unemployed. That is not your name. It is not your name. Hallelujah. The voice of the Lord names you. And I just want to say this. Like I was going to say this because while I was preparing this, the Lord dropped in my heart to share this. A few weeks back or so, uh, I was talking with a friend. I was just talking about parenting. 
right? Because this is a, this is this, this is a topic that has been going on online and and all that. I'm talking about parenting and how all parents should always try as much as possible to not like you know the harsh parenting, the hard parenting, and the soft parenting and all that stuff. At the end of the day, you have to parent as the Lord leads you, and the Holy Spirit made me understand that when a parent uses a name on a child, there are they are expressing a level of ingratitude to God. Why? Because God gave you that child. So if God gave you that child and you look at your child and your child does something that is silly and you say, oh, why are you so stupid? Then you're saying that, oh God, what you made is stupid. That the child, see, I've always said this to people. There's a difference between what you did is stupid than you being stupid. There's one thing that I, I don't like people doing that I hate is people talking down on people. No matter what mistake they do, learn. Learn to not identify them with the situation. Learn to not place names on these people with the situation. It is wrong. It's not scriptural. Right? So Lord told me, so imagine take for instance, you're traveling out of the country and you give someone your car to maintain for you. Give someone your car to gas it up to just take care of it and all that. And you call the person and ask the person, oh, how is, how is your car? Um, sorry, how is, um, how, yeah, how, 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 how is the car? And the person say, ah, this stupid car, this car is even stupid self. How would you feel? How would you feel that you that I gave this car to take care of for me, you're calling my car stupid, something that I gave to you. You're calling it stupid. It's the same way God looks at every one of us when we call a creature, someone who he has made, Stupid, foolish, this and that and all. No, they're not identified by the names. And the Lord told me that parents, and he said this explicitly, say, parents, you are your child's best bet in growing in the recognition of God's voice. Because if a child is being called stupid at home, when they go out in public and another person is calling them stupid, they take it in. Their father called them stupid, so why can anybody say anything less? If in, inside the house, the, the parent is saying, oh, you're foolish, but outside, their teacher is saying, oh, you're a very smart child. The child will be like, no, my daddy, my daddy says I'm foolish. Why? Because now the child has taken on that identity. He has taken on that name. That's why at all times, we should learn not to use names on people. The Lord impressed this on my heart so much. Learn not to use names on people. Those are God's people. Job speaking said that if my worker or whatever come and make a complaint against me um he will obviously answer them because the same way he fashioned me in the womb the same god the same god that fashioned me in the womb is the same god that fashioned these people in the womb so if a child is put in your care learn not to use names on people it is not godly it is not godly it is not godly right learn not to use names on people that somebody does something that is silly it doesn't mean that the person is silly the situation the person did is only a silly mistake and all that. So the Lord affirms you, calls you by name. He calls you by name. The voice of the Lord is God's heart. I really loved it so much. The voice of the Lord is God's heart in spoken words. The voice of the Lord is God's heart in spoken words. The voice of the Lord is God's heart in spoken words. Like, this is so interesting. This is so mind-blowing. So... It warmed my heart so much. 
Because the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So out of the abundance of his heart, he has spoken to you. So whatever God is telling you, best believe that it is from his heart. If God is telling you that, oh, you're going to be so prosperous, you have a child, just so that that's what, he, that's what is in his heart for you. Hallelujah. So God's voice is the Lord's, is God's voice in spoken word. Now moving over to what the voice of strangers is and what it does. So if you heard about the voice of the Lord, what the voice of the Lord is and what it does. Now is what the voice of strangers is and what it does. The voice of strangers, number one, it questions the authority of the word. It questions the authority of the word. If we're reading from Genesis, when the serpents came to deceive Adam and Eve, and it says, did God really see, did God indeed see that he shall not eat of this? It questions the authority of the word of God. Did God really say, the God, are you telling me God said that you have a child? Are you, are you telling me that God said that by, oh, because let me say, pastor declares in two weeks you have a job. So the devil now come and tell you, are you really saying that in two weeks, two weeks, how are you not seeing the interview process? The interview process takes not a month. Are you really saying that God said, it's not, it's not possible. That's the voice of a stranger and you should discard it. You should discard it. The voice of strangers questions the authority of the word. Genesis 3 verse 1. Number two, the voice of strangers instills fear and anxiety. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, of cowardice, but of power. The voice of the devil instills fear in you. Instills anxiety. Anytime you're anxious, anytime you hear something and you're anxious, it's the voice of a stranger. Oh, from the word, oh, you read on news, oh, COVID this, there's, uh, there's bombing, there's an attack, and then that's fear because you're hearing the voice of a stranger. Like I said, there are four voices. The voice of God, the voice of the devil, the voice of the flesh, the voice of the secular. Number three, the voice of stranger, the voice of the stranger confuses. It confuses. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse, verse, verse 33, it says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Like I said, uh, the, the voice of the Lord ministers peace. So God's voice ministers peace, and the devil's voice confuses. Culture confuses. Look at people this day, they don't know their identity. Today they're a man, tomorrow they're a woman. It confu confusion. And it's sad, it's a sad reality. The voice of the Lord, the voice of strangers, confuses. Number four, the voice of strangers leads to sin and destruction. The Bible says the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. To kill, to steal, and to destroy. So these are the only things that the voice of the stranger will ever do to you. To make you steal, to destroy you, and to lie, it leads to sin. It leads to seeing reading the Old Testament in First Kings chapter twelve, the story about um, Rehoboam or something. Yeah, I think Rehoboam, and how they had asked they had asked some people to meet him and um, seeing what he's going to say, and then he met the elders and asked the elders what he should say, and the elders gave him the right counsel, but he didn't listen to the counsel. He went to listen to people, his young adults, his young his young friends who grew up in his sight. So all they knew was Rehoboam. That's all they knew. So he followed their counsel and obviously he ended up in destruction. Number five, the voice of strangers is inconsistent. It is inconsistent. Today he tells you this, tomorrow he tells you that. Culture tells you this tomorrow, today, tomorrow culture tells you that. It is inconsistent. There is no consistency like the voice of the Lord. There is no consistency like the voice of the Lord. I'm sorry, I'm rushing my time. It's, it's, it's almost up or even up. The voice of stranger condemns. God's voice can never condemn you it only convicts you and leads you to repentance 
the voice of the Lord, the voice of stranger condemns you. So take, for instance, you fell during the week. You went to a club, you know, meant to go to the club. You danced with a guy, you danced with a woman, you know, meant to, you smoked, you drank, or you, and you, you were drunk, you know, meant to do that. And then on Sunday, it's time for you to go to church. The devil is telling you, after you partied last night, you want to go to church today. It's not possible. That is the voice of condemnation. That is the voice of condemnation. That is the, the fact that you did all these things the previous day is the more reason why you should go out to the church where you're cleansed, where you're being washed by the word. You go, okay, now you've finished from that part and then you're able to get into the church. You're able to not get into the church and then you're worshiping. And as you're lifting up your hands, the devil say, my guy, your hands are not holy. Drop it down. Your hands are not holy. But that's not what God is saying because at that moment in time, as you lift up your hands and you surrender to the Lord, the blood speaks. The blood washes. At that point in time, you're surrendering and your heart is right, is attuned at that point in time. You can lift up your hands and say, Lord, I'm sorry. In total surrender to you. And you worship your father. You worship your father. The voice of the Lord convicts. The voice of strangers condemns. It condemns. The voice of strangers contradicts the word of the Lord. It will say what the word did not say. It will contradict the word of the Lord. It will always contradict the word of the Lord. Even if it is speaking, even if it, even if it is speaking, it will always contradict. Because the Bible says that no wonder these false prophets are disguising as true prophets because their master, Satan, also comes as an angel of light. So the devil himself can come as an angel of light. He did the same thing to Jesus where he came as an angel of light. Oh, turn the bread, turn the stone into bread. Oh, fall from this place. Haven't you read that that he will give you he give angels charge uh, he give angels charge over you lest you dash your foot against the stone? He can come as an angel of light, trying to twist scriptures out of context, out of context, right? Out of context. So let me say you fall into sin, and they will come and say, "Oh, haven't you read in Old Testament when the Bible says that? Oh, now you're going to die. The wages of sin is death. You sinned. You're going to die." It's in scripture, but then it's out of context, misinterpreted. The voice of the strangers is of strangers is deceitful. Again, strangers is not just a devil. It's the voice of the devil, it's the voice of culture, it's the voice of the secular. Genesis 3, 4. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. He deceived her. You will not surely die. So the voice of strangers is deceitful. You will not surely die. And she ate it, they ate it, they surely died. They surely died and he killed men. But now we have Christ and we've been raised, translated from death to life where we have an endless supply of life. We can't die anymore. Like pastor says, we are the never die gang. Hashtag never die gang. We can never die. Hallelujah. Last, this voice of strangers is forceful. It is forceful. I was walking and I was, and this is the way God speaks to me sometimes like, I don't know if this happens to anybody. It may, it may happen to most people. When God wants to speak to you, you would know. It's like your, your spirit just becomes active to, to like, there's a hearing. Like, okay, God is about to speak to me, so I'm going to be attentive. I was walking and then the Lord ministered the wind to me. And I was like, the wind, how does the wind connect to the voice and all that? And then it made me understand the characteristics of the wind. The wind can be forceful. And then it made me understand that the voice of the Lord is not forceful. Though, yes, in the, in the old scripture, like in the Old Testament, the Lord spoke to Jacob and spoke to Job in like the voice of the Lord came in a whirlwind. 
Yes, it came in a whirlwind, but it's not forceful. It is powerful. It is not forceful, but it is powerful. It's just not forceful, but it is powerful. These are the things that will help you understand. These are the voice of the strangers. Now, lastly, how to separate God's voice from the rest. How to separate God's voice from the rest. How can I divide? How can I separate God's voice from the rest, from those voices, the voice of the secular culture is telling me this, tradition is telling me this. Oh, they say I cannot do this because people from my village are saying this, people from tradition or culture, this is what I've learned in school. Nah. And the one way which I'm going to talk on is the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is a believer's safety net. Is a believer's safety net. Is the discerner of the voices. In First Kings chapter three, verse twenty-four to twenty-eight. Speaking of Solomon, when the, the ladies came um, dragging a child, Solomon said, bring me a sword. And we know that the word of the Lord is like a two-edged sword. Bring me a sword. Let's divide. And they brought the sword. And the king said, divide the living child into two. So the word of the Lord, which is the sword, the double-edged sword, is the Bible speaking in Revelation, that out of his mouth proceeded like a double-edged sword. Speaking of Jesus. So the word of the Lord his voice is that double-edged sword. The word of the Lord is that, vo- is that double-edged sword that discerns and suppress the voices. It suppresses the voices. The word of the God is the discerner of voices. It's the discerner of voices. It's the discerner of, of the voice of God amongst other voices. First Thessalonians 5, verse 21. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. And in bringing this sermon to a close, as we heard earlier, if you want to know God's voice, if you don't know how God's voice sounds like, the kind of things he says and how he says them, you have to go back to the word. Invest in the study of the word. The word of God is your safety net. The word of God is your safety net. Build your life around it and build your life on it to the point that all you hear are his words, which will shut down every other opposing voice when spoken, build your life upon it. I remember last Tari, when we're going through Tari last year, the Lord spoke to me. He said that the strongest foundation you can build your life on, you can build anything on, whether business, home, whatever, is on the revelation of Jesus, which comes by the word. Which comes by the word. The voice of the Lord will lead you. It will direct you. It will lead you. It will direct you. It will lead you. It will direct you. And it's important, like Pastor, I'm teaching. Learn, learn how to follow God's voice. Of recent, I just heard of recent, how my parents went to our hometown for a burial. And without their own knowledge, people had already planned to kidnap them, actually. Right? But because now, instead of going to the ceremony or the service ceremony for the burial after burial, they went to our own physical church back home. And normally my parents or my father, my father himself would not, would not, would not leave our hometown in the morning or even before 12, probably like in the evening, 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 evening or so. But that, that day after the service, they went back, went back home, took their bags and went back to, uh, to the city. And on their way to the city, they got calls from people. Oh, are you good? Are you good? We heard that they've kidnapped you. Now imagine my father stayed because of flesh and say, oh, just stay back. Just stay back. So at all times, coming to church, hearing God's voice, it will lead you. 
It would have been a different story if my parents are not godly. It would have been a different story if these people are not led by the Spirit of God. It would have been a different story. This is why God desires to lead you. He says he will guard you. He will guide you. He will guard you. So choose, desire that longing to hear God. Desire that longing to be led by the Spirit of God. And as you do so, God will help you. Now there may be somebody here today who is saying, oh, I don't, I've never heard God's voice. I don't know what the word is saying. I don't know how to do this. I don't know what to do and all that stuff. I'm here to say to you that today is your moment. Today is your moment. If you've never accepted Jesus as a Lord and personal Savior, a day will come where we must all stand before God to give an account of our life. And if your name is not written in that book, you can't make heaven. So if you're here today, whether in person or online, and you've never for one day, you don't even remember the day, you don't even remember in past experiences, you coming out and accepting Jesus, today's your moment. The trumpet can sound right now. God can come to take his people right now. You don't want to be found missing. Just say this prayer with me. Dear Father, I come to you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the finished works of Christ on the cross. I thank you and I believe that you died and rose for me. And now I am a believer. Now I believe. And now I am a child of God. Thank you, Father, for saving me because I have been redeemed by your blood. I'm now a child of God. I'm now a believer. Thank you, Father. And Lord, for everyone who said that prayer, Lord, we ask that you keep them in the faith. Because as they believe right now, they have been engrafted into you. We ask that you, Lord, you keep them rooted. You plant their feet in the body of Christ. And they will not fall by the wayside. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. You send information on your screen. Please fill the information and we'll get across to you. I hope you are blessed today. Thank you once again for listening. Thank you once again for, for, for hearing. And thank you once again, Pastor Levity, for this opportunity. God bless you and I celebrate you. Over to you. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Were you blessed tonight? Were you blessed tonight? I was super blessed. I was super, super blessed by that word. Thank you so much, Brother Samuel. Thank you for the word that you shared tonight. You know, so many things stood out to me as you were speaking. So many things. And it felt like, you know, th these were complex words but they were made so simple and easy to understand in one word i heard i heard you tonight i heard you share the word tonight one of the things that stood out to me tonight that you said was that the voice of god is the voice of possibility the voice of god is the voice of possibility so when we hear those voices telling us, how is that going to be possible? That is not the voice of God. The voice of God is the voice of possibility. And then, you know, he said something. He said, if you don't understand the nature of God, you will not really be able to discern his voice. Because when you understand that the nature of God is love, then when you hear a voice that is harsh, when you hear a voice that is full of condemnation, you know that that is not the voice of God. I was really blessed. Now, this is one of the, those messages that you have to actually go back and listen to again. Amen, amen. We trust God that this ministration blessed your life tremendously. 
Do share your testimony and experience with us by emailing us at hello at myloftyheightsglobal.org. For more life-transforming messages from our ministry, please visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also stay connected with us across our social media platforms at My Lofty Heights. To give to our ministry, please visit our website. We love you, we honor you, and we celebrate you.